Welcome to Shake It Off, a podcast that gives you the tools, strategies, and stories to optimize and prioritize your physical and mental health. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Shake It Off. Kendra and I are speaking with Rachel Kelly today, and Rachel is a therapist with a master's in clinical uh, social work, and for eight years, Rachel worked as a therapist and then decided to start her own healing coaching business. And her coaching business specializes in emotional wellness, trauma processing, nervous system healing, inner child work, and assertive communication and self-love. So Rachel helps those uh, who are struggling with anxiety to create an internal safety in their bodies so that they feel safe to expand and create the life that they desire. And she also has her own uh, her own podcast that you should check out. It's called Feel It to Heal It. And I actually was listening to it today and I got a lot of good nuggets out of it, Rachel. So we are really excited to have you on today and we're excited to chat with you more about all of the incredible things that you're doing. Yes. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, thanks, Rachel. Thanks. Can you share with us how your own healing journey inspired you to to do your own business? Yeah, absolutely. So, oh my God, the two are very intimately <laughs> So essentially, I had always been kind of on my own healing journey. I'd been in therapy since I was a kid. Both of my parents met in social work school, so they were both therapists, so it runs in the family. Um, and when I was in the traditional therapy field, you know, I was still going to my own therapy and, um, it was really when I discovered this online coaching world that I found my own mentor who, um, really taught me everything I know in terms of the work I do in this present day. And that on top of kind of my clinical training as a therapist, it really just catapulted into this wild adventure of a business that I had no idea was in store for me. And I really started focusing on my own deep healing journey when I met my mentor, which was three weeks after starting my business. So the timing of it was very aligned where the further I was going and healing my own nervous system, processing my own childhood trauma, rewiring, you know, the nervous system, anxious attachment, building secure attachment, it really shifted the way in which I was working with my clients. So before I was working with clients more from just my traditional therapy background, like doing talk therapy, setting goals, you know, um, giving them coping skills, kind of just like those classic things you go to therapy for. And when I started doing this deeper layer of work on myself, which was really getting in the body, like somatic processing, um, really sussing out that subtle energy that drives our behavior that we're so unconscious of. I was like, wow, I need to start implementing this immediately with my clients because this is helping me in a way that no therapy had ever helped me with before. Mm -hmm. So I was starting to feel just safer in my body. I was starting to feel less anxious. I was starting to feel more connected to my authenticity and just this healing method that my mentor had created was just so incredible. And so I started using it with all my clients and just the amount of progress that I saw so quickly, um, it really was kind of the foundation of my business. 
So being able to use this modality and then also get clear on, you know, what kind of clients I wanted to work with and what kind of offers I wanted to create. Um, I mean, essentially my entire business has been created from my own personal healing journey and wanting mm -hmm. to extend that and share that and give that gift with other people. So it truly was the gift that, that kept on giving. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's so incredible. Cool. And that's really neat how you moved from kind of doing the talk therapy and trying that and then into the somatic work. Um, yeah. I've had experiences with, with both kind of things. And I think that similar to you, the somatic work seems to do better for me. Mm -hmm. And so I think like both were necessary in my healing journey, but the somatic work really is what I used now to kind of move through difficult things whenever I'm experiencing, you know, I don't know, difficult situations in relationships mm -hmm. and, or at work or whatever it might be. So yeah, yeah, um, I can really appreciate that. Kendra and I were looking at how you do work around attachment styles and I've taken the attachment style quiz over time in the past. Um, but Kendra actually took the attachment style quiz because I was curious what kind of attachment style <laughs> she has. So what was your result, Kendra? I'm curious. I was secure, secure attachment. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. You're always very <laughs> level-headed and, you know, easygoing in your relationships, but in a way where like it allows the other person to, you know, grow and explore and that sort of thing. So that makes sense to me. Um, so Whenever I took the attachment style quiz for the first time, it was probably like three, four, probably four years ago. And mm -hmm. I was a hot mess in relationships. <laughs> like I would go from like, everything's tracking along beautifully, like, you know, better than you could ever imagine to like a fully explosive experience kind of where like not in a good way. Explosive. <laughs> right. um, and I can remember a time where the time where I decided, okay, I need to do something about this. I was dating, sort of dating, talking to a guy in New York and I knew nothing about this, like naming what my needs were and, and speaking about like what I needed to feel safe and secure in a relationship. So we hadn't even determined the relationship um, I was living in Australia and I came over to visit him and we went out one night with his friend and his friend's girlfriend. And he started in my, in my mind, because I'm anxiously attached, he started flirting with his friend's girlfriend and I pull him aside. We're at this like really great club in Brooklyn, this one that was like dying to see. So we went out of our way to go to this club in Brooklyn and this, the whole time I'm like mean mugging him. I don't even know if that's the right way to say it, but like, basically I was just like giving him dirty looks and I pulled him aside and was like, you could like, could you not flirt with your friend's girlfriend? She's like 10 years younger than you. Like, I mean, it was so like, not okay. What I said. And he was like, you know what? I think I'm going to leave. Like I'm going. And I was staying with him in New York and I was like, no, I will go. So I got in a taxi, went to his place, packed all of my stuff. and left sneaking out the back door with my backpack <laughs> while he was walking in the front door with his friends because they were staying with us after like I'm you know having a whole meltdown so I get in a taxi I go to the airport and you know basically that was the end of that but he was in my mind everything that I wanted in a relationship and I was like why did I just freak out so it made me go on this whole journey of like figuring out like, what was that about? What part of that was mine to hold? And 
what was I just like projecting onto these poor people who were in my way of like not of unknown of not knowing my attachment style. So all of that to be said, like now that I've I've done like courses on attachment style and and that sort of thing, but these things still can come up. Like I will still have these thoughts. Like I do get jealous. Like there's there are these things that come up. So I'm curious um, if you're working with a client, how would you support them? Like if they were anxiously attached traditionally, supposedly I've moved it to be a secure attached person now that like I've retaken the quiz a couple of times, but I just know that this still can be triggered. So I'm, I'm just aware of it. I'm just more aware of it now. And what's I'm aware of what's happening for me when it happens. So how would you support them to like not get worried when their partner pulls away or when their partner needs space and that sort of thing? Yeah. So first of all, thank you for sharing that because it's totally relatable. I have so many stories like that where my anxious attachment got very activated and projected, yeah. behaved in a way that my highest self was not, not her. Yeah. You're like, what's <laughs> happening? Yeah. And that's actually what led me to doing this healing work was just how triggered I was getting in a relationship. And then we broke up and like, all right, I have some stuff to heal. Um, so there's nothing like a romantic relationship to bring out all of that stuff. Um, but I think the first thing, like you mentioned, is just awareness. So, you know, we're not educated on attachment styles. We're not educated mm. on the fact that most of us have um, all the different four categories of attachment styles. They're just different percentages. So like when you do those quizzes, it'll tell you, you know, X percent secure and then X percent uh, anxious, avoidant, dismissive, right? So, um, it's understanding that as humans, we have a blend of these attachment styles. And the goal is to be able to just move closer and closer to that secure attachment. But the first step is just awareness. So when you are getting triggered, whether it's in a relationship or a friendship or at work or, you know, seeing something online, it's understanding that when you get triggered, that is little you, that is your inner child. And inner child work was something that I had kind of you know, I learned a little bit about in grad school and just in my time in the therapy field, but it wasn't anything that we really focused on, which now that I understand the importance of it, it really boggles my mind that like all these years in the therapy world, and maybe there was like one book that my supervisor gave me on it. And it wasn't this like focal point because our nervous systems are wired in childhood, right? So if we take that original nervous system wiring and then we grow up to be adults and we're getting triggered, we're projecting on our partners, we're having these explosive reactions and we don't actually go back to where that wiring started. We are missing a huge part of this puzzle. So it's understanding that that is your inner child who is reacting that way because she feels threatened. She feels scared. She feels like, you know, her needs might not be met. And whatever that partner did to, you know, trigger that or whatever prompted the trigger, that is simply just your nervous system feeling like it's back in that state of being a child where they felt helpless, right? Because as children, we are dependent on our caregivers for survival. So the biggest part is, can we orient your body back to the safety in the present moment? So first step awareness, okay, my inner child is feeling scared right now. What would a child need if they were feeling scared? They would need you know, holding, tending to, validation, reassurance that they're safe. And so how can you show little you? How can you show your nervous system? You can kind of think of nervous system and inner child as interchangeable because when your nervous mm. system is regulated, 
that is your inner child. That's just that younger part of you. So when that inner child gets activated and you're like, what, what would they need right now? And then being able to be with that fear coming up. So when you have the urge to then project onto your partner or say something really mean or whatever, all the behaviors that I used to engage in on a regular basis, (laughs) um, noticing, okay, this is my shit. This is not this other person's, you know, responsibility. This is my responsibility. Can I take some time to tend to myself? So maybe that looks like taking a walk by yourself, you know, taking a break, telling your partner, like, I need five minutes. Let's take a break. I'm going to go take a walk and ground and calm down. And during that walk or that time, you know, in stillness with yourself, it's breathing, it's feeling the fear, understanding that like, oh, I'm just feeling really scared right now. And I'm wanting to to save me and to make it better. And sometimes we do need that co-regulation, especially as we're learning how to regulate ourselves because we're not taught how to do that. And so if you imagine a scared child not knowing how to regulate, sometimes we do need that. But again, since we're adults, it's our responsibility to recognize what we need, to learn what we need, to communicate what we need, while also understanding that even if we communicate that to a partner, it's still not their responsibility, right? It's ours and it's okay to still need that support. So it's kind of one of those both hand things. That's such a good point. Like yeah. back to what you're saying about your inner child, my anxious attachment comes from my fear of abandonment because, you know, past father figures, multiple father figures did abandon, you know, kind of either weren't there and were never present, my biological father. And then my, um, my mom's ex-husband. So who would have been my stepdad also kind of abandoned me in other ways. So there is this like ongoing fear that like whoever's there won't be there or they'll leave like that if they're upset they're gonna leave like if they're whatever and or mm-hmm. not feeling the relationship that they're gonna leave which they, they might but yeah. you know it is also going through the process like you said so now I know at the beginning of a relationship when I'm saying and explaining what my needs are to feel like safe in the relationship it's like integrity that your words line up with your actions and that Mm. the validation that I do, like if you're going to be off, um, like not contactable or like working or something away for a week that we touch base at least like once a day where you're just like giving me some form of like validation that, um, that you're thinking about me or that you care in some way. And obviously, like you said, it, not everyone's going to be able to do that. And sometimes you mm-hmm. have to like provide that validation for yourself. So then I have like post-it notes mm-hmm. e- everywhere that it give myself like validation. It's like a reminder to validate myself instead of like yeah. always seeking that from somebody else. Mm-hmm. But those have been, yeah, exactly what you're saying is so important. It's like yeah. once you start to learn yourself, like learn what right. you, you can start to communicate that. And then going back to your inner child work. Yeah, it probably sounds, well, it just sounds like you just then have the tools in your toolkit because it sounds like it could be at different spectrums too. It could be a very heightened aspect of of that anxious attachment feeling um, Mm. and knowing like exactly like you're saying, Rachel, this, those tools that you can Mm. pull out of your backpack and say, okay, you know, how can I regulate myself here? (laughs) what's going on. But to your point, Lauren, it's just that self-awareness is absolutely key. Um, yeah. 
and I think you learn it. it you probably learn it like you're saying Rachel right so it's like a process and it's like once you know your attachment style you can start learning about like mm. what triggers that a person who's usually that attached style and what are some ways to like support yourself to come mm. back to your emotional center yeah absolutely and I think one of the the biggest parts of this work Sorry, my cat is really active right now. <laughs> she wants to be all up in this podcast. Beautiful. <laughs> she loves to join all the podcasts. Oh. Um, one of the biggest parts of this work too is like actually processing that childhood pain, right? So like mm-hmm. I also have that deep fear of abandonment, which is the root of pretty much any insecure attachment, attachment style, but especially with anxious attachment, right? Like when we notice those behaviors of grasping and like for that validation, that external saving, it's understanding that there's a lot of pain from childhood and stored trauma in our bodies that we need to process. So that's one of the biggest parts of this work that I do with clients is understanding, like really bridging that past in the present. So if they're telling me about, you know, something that got triggered in their relationship and um, you know, I get them in their bodies and like, how, you know, how is this feeling? Where is it showing up in your body? Like bringing that awareness mm-hmm. of how those triggers show up and where it shows up and how it's stored and really being able to, yeah, just like dig deeper of how familiar is that feeling? Like, when did you experience that in childhood? And the thing is so many of us don't remember all of childhood because we were kids, but our right. body is always remember our implicit memory always remembers so even if you know I ask my client like how familiar is this feeling they're like I don't really know like I don't know where this was from childhood it's they'll be able to kind of locate it in their body and even if we can just spend some time holding space and feeling those feelings and allowing that to release out of their body they're going to be able to relate to the present moment from the present moment rather than from that historical wounding that's just getting triggered in the present. So if I were to summarize, you know, attachment wound healing or trauma healing in a nutshell, it's just feeling safe to actually be in the present. And we can't feel safe in the present if we still have so much of that stored pain in our bodies that our bodies are registering as a threat, right? Because when we have that pain and it feels like, oh, if we feel this pain, we're going to die, right? Like it doesn't feel safe to, to feel it that's where building this sense of internal safety comes from is like, if I get triggered in a relationship and I have the ability to be with that fear, be with that sadness, be with that shame that's getting triggered from childhood, I'm going to be able to allow that to move through me and then come back to the present and ground and relate from more of my adult self rather than from my inner child. Um, And so it kind of just deepens you know what we were talking about earlier of like you can have all the coping skills in the world but if you're not feeling safe to actually be with that pain that's getting triggered it's just going to keep coming up over and over and over again so we have to be able to actually feel safe to feel our feelings that's why my podcast is called feel it to heal it (laughs) yeah yeah that's so interesting and I guess for me personally I'm in a space where um I'm curious with what you, your expertise with the nervous system, you know, that the healing process. Um, and I just, I know for myself, uh, there are times when I feel very overwhelmed and my nervous system is absolutely fraying. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, you know, I can think, for example, right now I'm working way more than normal um, and I'm well aware that I need to, you know, the steps I need to put in place to change it and not be so consumed by work and creating these healthy boundaries. But, um, but I particularly notice at the end of the day, I've got a 45 minute drive home from work. And that is when I'm like the most anxious. Like I am just overwhelmed almost like I told Lauren the other day, I had to like pull over on the side of the road. I was just so overwhelmed by it. So could you just run us through like one of the strategies for healing the nervous system and also just a little bit about that process and like what that entails? Yeah, definitely. So I mean, first of all, very common experience driving home, probably stuck in traffic. You're like, I just have this long day. I'm so tired. I just yeah. home. I yeah, totally just have been there. <laughs> overwhelmed. I feel like I have all these text messages and emails that I haven't gotten to because I work a lot one-on-one with people. And so I just don't have a lot of time to check. And then I'm just like at the end of the day, I just want to be home and <laughs> and it's just overwhelming. Yeah, absolutely. Have definitely been there, especially New York traffic. It's no joke. Yeah. <laughs> part of the reason I moved. Um, yeah. So when it comes to healing the nervous system, so the first part, like I talked about of processing that pain so that your nervous system is actually feeling safe to be in the present and to navigate through these stressors as they come up. And then some other ways to support your nervous system, especially throughout like busier seasons is you want to have some daily non-negotiable practices. So ones that are not taking you away from yourself. Like my practices used to be come home and binge watch TV, come home and, you know, just like do more work and numb and distract. And so those are actually disconnecting you from yourself. So daily practices that support the nervous system can be anything from daily journaling, daily meditation, daily yoga, daily cold showers, um, chanting, singing, like anything that tones the vagus nerve. So every day I personally do three habits and my clients, I have them do the same three habits of uh, meditation, chanting, and journaling. So you want to choose ones that feel sustainable for you, right? Like for me, I love yoga, but there are going to be days where maybe I'm not able to make a class. And so I don't want to set myself up for saying, I'm going to go to yoga every single day. And then what if something happens and I can't make it to the class or, you know, it feels like too big of a commitment. So you meet yourself where you're at. So for me, I can commit to doing journaling every day, even if that's, you know, a quick um, dream list in the morning or a quick recap of my day and how I'm feeling at night. Like, even if it's not an extensive journaling session where I'm processing all these feelings, it's still something that can be consistent for your nervous system. So you want to think about the nervous system as two different parts. So there's the structure of it, which is more of like, if you think about energetics, it's what we call like the divine masculine energy. So it's having that structure in place. And then the divine feminine energy is space for that flow, that flexibility. So we don't want a rigid controlled nervous system where it's like, if I don't do these practices every day, I'm going to lose my shit, right? Because that's not life. That's not realistic. And we also don't want a nervous system that has no structure, no foundation, or no consistency, because then we're just going to feel all over the place. So it's almost like envisioning this container, which is, you know, your foundation of daily habits that support 
your nervous system that allow you time to come home to yourself, to be with yourself, to connect to yourself. And the more that you do those habits consistently, the more flexibility you're going to be able to have. Because if you've had time to come home to yourself and just breathe and be with yourself and kind of tend to any feelings that are coming up, you're going to be able to feel safer to just navigate those stressors or those highs and lows of the day. So um, definitely recommend just setting yourself up with some of those daily habits, even if you just start with one, right? Like for every day, I'm going to do, you know, three minutes of just getting still with myself and breathing or every day I'm going to take a walk in nature and ground with my senses and look at the, you know, the flowers and the trees and the sky or every morning, instead of reaching for the phone, I'm going to get outside and look at the natural blue light, right? So even if you just start with one simple thing, your nervous system needs that consistency to build safety. And if we're not giving it something, some anchor of safety or anchor of, um, you know, stability, it's going to just feel more and more burnt out and dysregulated. And then one of the simplest things that we often forget about is our breath. So it, let's say you're driving home and it's just traffic and you're feeling stressed. Like, can you just, sometimes I'll do this while I'm driving, obviously be safe, but like putting a hand on your, on your heart or on your lap or whatever you can do. And just taking three long, deep breaths and like allowing your nervous system to just see that it's safe because sometimes we're not even fully breathing because we're going through our day and we're like, we got to do the next thing and the next thing. And we're just in that like, go, go, go sympathetic state. Right. And our bodies are responding as if there's an emergency when there's not an emergency, like that email that we treat like an emergency, it's not actually an emergency. So if we get in the routine of tending to ourselves first, we're going to be that much more able to show up for our clients, for our businesses, for, you know, our families, our loved ones. But if we're constantly running on empty putting everyone else before ourselves and running from an empty cup, as cliche as that sounds, it's true. We're going to just get resentful and tired and exhausted. And our nervous system is going to shut down where literally the only thing that it has energy to do is turn on the TV or, you know, just like scroll on social media and just kind of numb out. Right. Mm -hmm. So even if you can incorporate just, you know, some time to breathe throughout your day, like really take intentional deep breaths and check in, like, how's my body feeling right now? What's coming up for me? You know, have I drank enough water? Have I eaten lunch today? Like, you know, really taking care of yourself and being the leader of your nervous system and showing your body, like, I got you, you're safe. Mm -hmm. I'm taking care of you. And that sends signals to it of safety rather than these constant signals that our society is giving our nervous systems of like, everything's a rush and everything's an emergency. And like, I mean, that's just chaotic. And we live in such traumatized world, like literally you walk outside and turn on the news, like there's trauma everywhere. So the more anchors of safety that you can give your nervous system throughout the day, the less you're going to feel anxious, the more safe you're going to feel in your body. And you're just going to be able to feel grounded enough to like actually enjoy the present moment and like mm. the present moment as simple yeah. as yeah. yeah. I love those I, tips, Rachel. I do too. I like, I'm big on routine and like having a routine around journaling and gratitude and those things are so important. And it's kind of what helps me like transition into the day and then transition out of my work day. And yeah. 
I 100% I love all of those suggestions and like having that kind of anchor um, at the end of the day I like how you said that mm-hmm. so um, I have a question I know I saw that you have a secure entrepreneur program coming up and a men's healing group coming up can you tell us a little bit about where our audience can find that information and tell us a little bit about those um, programs? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm really, really excited. This is kind of combining my two passions in life, which is healing anxious attachment and entrepreneurship and helping people build like their dream businesses. Um, so my course is called The Secure Entrepreneur. It is specifically for entrepreneurs who struggle with these symptoms of anxious attachment. So keep in mind, we all have all of them. So maybe someone, you know, only has a certain percentage of anxious attachment, but that's what's so beautiful about this course is the things that I teach and it really can be applied to anyone. Um, But it's really for the entrepreneur who is wanting to set, you know, more boundaries, more structure, more consistency, Um, releasing those protectors, those trauma responses of people pleasing, comparison, perfectionism. Oh my God, perfectionism. Like I didn't even realize I had perfectionism until starting this healing work. And I was like, holy shit, like (laughs) I'm a perfectionist. So these things are so sneaky because like I said, that's how our bodies have known safety. So it's really for wanting to relate more through that secure attachment. And most importantly, feeling how you want to feel in your business, right? Because when we think about why we started businesses as entrepreneurs, it's for feeling like we are free, right? Like having a lifestyle of freedom, it's being able to get paid to do what we love and serve the world and use our gifts and our magic and our medicine. And like, you know, we can't do that if we're just constantly exhausted and burnt out and resenting and undercharging and, you know, overworking, like, So this is for the entrepreneur who really wants to fully embody what they teach, fully embody, um, you know, kind of walking the walk and practicing what they're preaching and feeling how they want to feel in their business. So sounds like everyone, every entrepreneur could benefit from that. I think we should definitely check it. Can they find that on your website or is it Instagram that'll have? Your... Instagram. Yeah. So my Instagram handle is at Rachel underscore Kelly underscore coaching. And um, the wait list is in the link in my bio and it's going to open one week from today. So it'll be open. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then your men's healing group, is that coming up? Is that's That'll be available too, right? Definitely. So we are currently launching for that. So our men's group, I run it with my co-leader, Anna, it's called Real Men Heal. It's kind of a play on the whole real men, da, 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 right? So it's like Real Men Heal. And it is a three-month group coaching program where we do full nervous system transformation, full deconditioning of what it means to be a real man in the society, in this world. Um, And there's nine different modules training all about nervous system, attachment theory, inner child, abundance, power, money, all the things. Um, So that is also the application for that is also in the link in my bio and Instagram. And if anyone has any questions, my DMs are always open. I love to connect with just community and new people coming onto my page. So feel free to, to reach out and say hello. Great. Thank you so much for joining us today, Rachel. We have, I could talk to you for hours and hours. So we might have to have you back on the podcast. I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, Just for our, 
audience, you can find Kendra at KendraTillPilates.com and on Instagram at KendraTillPilates. And if you're uh, at the montage in Bluffton, you can do a private or group class with her. And you can find me at DrLaurenHodge.com or on Instagram at DrLaurenHodge. Um, the links to all the resources that we mentioned will be in our show notes. And if you like what you heard today, or find the tips useful, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and tell us what part you like so that we can do more of what you're enjoying. Thank you so much.